Welcome to Tomorrow's World. Why is the financial world reeling from the shock of the subprime loans? And what's behind the economic disaster that hit so quickly in 2008? You know, the answer is quite simple, but the solution may not be as easy to accept. Human nature does not like to admit it is wrong and always looks for others to blame. You know, the blame game of pointing the finger is well and truly underway. The government blames the banks. The banks would like to blame the media, and of course the media blames the government. But what is it that is the heart and the core of the problem? The answer is partly lax financial regulations that allowed banks and corporations to make money, big money. There was plenty of money to go around, and we all enjoyed the shopping, the spending, and the easy credit. But I have to tell you, the party is over. And now we have to pay the bill. There will be pain and things will probably never be as they were. And now the United States is fast losing its preeminence as the world's economic leader. You can prepare for the tough times ahead and learn some valuable lessons along the way. Do you want to know what you can do? Well then, stay tuned. Here we are in a new year with a new president. We all have the deep down feeling that his job will not be easy. He will do things the way he thinks is best, but the reality is that trillions of dollars need to be found to pay for the biggest spending party the world has ever known. The United States and Europe are looking to the very nations who helped us have the good life. Over the past 10 years, as we bought the clothes and the electrical products made in China, we did not think that we would have to go to them, cap in hand, asking for help. As we drove our SUVs and filled up at the pump with low prices, we did not think that we would have to go to the oil-rich countries for help. But that is what is happening. Let me explain something that will affect each one of us in the future. In the book of Proverbs, God gives us a very important principle. Please listen as I read it to you. This is Proverbs chapter 22 and in verse 7. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. And who is the world's biggest borrower? The United States is. In fact, the figures for U.S. indebtedness should alarm Americans. The latest statistics available are for the end of 2006, and we know that these figures will have become even more negative recently. At the end of 2006, U.S. residents owned $12 trillion of assets overseas. But did you know that foreigners owned $14.8 trillion worth of assets in the United States, leaving the U.S. with a negative $2.8 trillion balance. That figure represents 21% of U.S. gross domestic product. I hate to say it, but Uncle Sam is in the poorhouse. The five most indebted nations, listen to this, 
First of all, the United States of America, which is five times more in debt than the next country, Spain. Then the United Kingdom. Next is Australia with a very much smaller population. And then France. Now, what about the five greatest creditor nations? Who, who are the countries that, if you might say, hold the money that the Western world used to control? Well, the first one, on you, as you would guess, is China. Then comes Japan, followed by Germany, Saudi Arabia and Switzerland. These countries made their money out of America and they will not want to see a reversal of this trend. America has been the golden goose for the whole world for decades, but sadly her days of laying golden eggs are coming to an end. Long-time viewers of Tomorrow's World know that we teach that the descendants of the ancient house of Israel can be identified in the areas of northwestern Europe and the Anglo-Celtic people. Just as God blessed our people in the past, he states that he will remove these blessings when we reject his holy law. Listen to the warning that he gives us in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and in verse 43. He said, The alien who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you, and you shall come down lower and lower. He shall lend to you, but you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head and you shall be the tail. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. What is the cause of the problem and what does it have to do with the booklet that we are offering today free of charge? I plan to show you how the answer has to do with God's law and our national rejection of all that it teaches. Could you define the problem? Well, the problem is called living beyond our means. And it comes down to us wanting what we cannot afford. It's caused by one of the least talked about sins, covetousness. Now, maybe you've never heard that word before. So let me give you a definition from the dictionary. The Oxford English Dictionary says this about the word covetousness. It says, longing to possess something. The inference is that when we covet, we cannot afford it or it's not available. God tells us not to desire another person's house or partner. We must not desire to have someone else's property. That can even include the situation when the price is so high, we cannot afford it. Of course, we have all become used to the word credit. Believe me, it is not to our credit if borrowing money will beggar us. How many people have borrowed five or six times their annual salary to buy a house? Some low-income borrowers were loaned up to ten times their income and their loans became known as subprime. The banks that loaned the funds knew it was impossible for the, that money to ever be repaid by the borrower. They believed that they could make money in a rising house market by repossessing and then selling the homes of defaulting customers. But the bubble has burst. The red ink is all over the balance sheet and it's going to take up to five years or more for this debt to work its way out of the system. 
Notice what God says to us in James chapter 4. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war and yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Wow. Doesn't that describe the last 10 years? We want, we buy, we get, and yet we're never satisfied. We have to change the way we live. And to help us live the right way, God gave us this instruction manual called the Bible. This amazing book says so many things that people don't want to hear. And yet it is the best-selling book in the world. Did you know that over 6 billion copies have been printed? And according to bookshop owners, it's also the book most often stolen. All this brings us to an important point. Why is it that people do not want to do what the Bible says? Well, simply stated, it treads on our toes. It cramps our style. It cuts deep and it hurts. In fact, the Bible itself speaks about this in Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, For the word of God, that is the Bible, is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Bible is God's mind in print. And if we can learn to love the Bible and its words of life, we will live a far happier life than those who reject it. The heart and core of the Bible is found in ten simple rules for living. If we would observe them and hold them dear, our lives and those of the ones that we love would benefit greatly. We've prepared a special booklet that has been written specifically for your needs. Dr. Meredith, Dr. Roderick C. Meredith, explains clearly how the Ten Commandments can be applied in your life. He expounds upon them in a way where we can understand the spirit of the law as well as the letter. Many believe that Jesus Christ came to do away with the law. Did he really? Well, we will answer this and other questions after we tell you how you can receive your copy of the Ten Commandments. You'll be so glad that you called to request this free booklet. There will be no follow-up, no one will call you, and your name and address will not be passed on to a third party. All of our literature is absolutely free. We make it available in the public interest, so call now or write to tomorrowsworld.org. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, please visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write to us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. 
Tomorrow's World Magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back to Tomorrow's World, where we give you God's answers to humanity's problems from the pages of your Bible. There are many people nowadays who want to give you their slant on the Bible. Are we just another program with another interpretation? The key to knowing the answer is simple. If someone gives their opinion and then tries to force a Bible passage to support it, there is a good chance that it will be misinterpreting the Bible. On the other hand, if the speaker expounds on the Scripture to establish the truth of God, then he will let the Bible do the talking and not himself. As we always say on Tomorrow's World, don't believe us unless it is what the Bible says. Before the break, we were talking about the Ten Commandments. These laws, also known as the Decalogue, which is, of course means ten words, these were given to Moses for the children of Israel. What most people do not understand is that long before Moses, his ancestor Abraham is recorded as having kept God's commandments. Notice what it says here in Genesis chapter 26. It says, Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Which laws would that have been? We know that God does not change, so they would have been the Ten Commandments. These words of life were not just for the Jews. They are for all people. Did Jesus come to do away with the commandments? Let us go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5 and in verse 17. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but fulfill. Have you noticed how many preachers use this scripture to support their idea that the law was so-called done away? Doesn't this expression done away mean the same thing as destroy? I should think so. Christ did not come to either destroy or do away with the law. What does the New Testament actually say about God's law, the Ten Commandments? If we turn to Romans chapter 7, Romans 7, this is the, of course, the writings of, of the Apostle Paul. In fact, Romans chapter 7 is a really tremendous uh, chapter uh, because he introduces the battle that he has with sin. And he identifies the fact that the law, that is the Ten Commandments, are really good for us. Notice Romans chapter 7 and here in verse 12. It says, Therefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. He did not say it is evil, unjust and bad. No, let's hear it again. Holy, just and good. In fact, King David wrote in Psalm 119 and verse 97, Oh, how love I your law. It is my meditation all the day. The truth is the Ten Commandments are good for us. Let's take, for example, the Seventh Commandment. You shall not commit adultery. That's there to protect marriage and family. Just imagine how different it would be if all of the partners in marriages around the world never committed adultery. It would go a long way to building trust and confidence in the marriage. The children would have a positive role model to follow. 
What about the eighth law? The eighth law says you shall not steal. And that protects your property. Your house and your contents are safe when others keep this law. What is it about the Ten Commandments that people despise? It is the authority of God expressed in words which they despise. Why? You know there's an answer for it? Written in your Bible, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 7 gives us the reason why it is that human beings find God's law so onerous and they really do, you know, sort of rancor against the law of God. Notice here in Romans chapter 8, verse 7, it says, because the carnal mind is enmity, that is the fleshly mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. That says it all. When we rile and chafe at God's law, we can know that it is our carnal, fleshly mind reacting. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, we read, You have heard of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. In saying this, he introduced the all-important spirit of the law. He then said in verse 28 that any man who looks on a woman and lusts after her is guilty of committing adultery. How much money is made each year from just this one law being broken? How many movies, how many books are based on a theme of murder, sex and violence? Our minds have been hardened by so much exposure to graphic sex and violence. How sad it is that the innocence of children is being destroyed at earlier ages than in years gone by. In verses 18 and 19, he said, For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. He said, Whosoever therefore breaks one of the least of the commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Do you think that Christ was doing away with God's law? I think not. Isn't it time that you requested your copy of the Ten Commandments? This fully researched and presented booklet is going to clarify and show you just how foolish the idea that the law is done away really is. Don't listen to preachers that will tell you that the law was nailed to the cross. Why is it that well-meaning Christians fall into sin? It's because they believe that they do not need to observe God's holy and sacred law. They think, Christ has done it all for me. So what was it that was nailed to the cross? Let us go to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 is going to answer this question. I'm sure you've heard this expression. Oh, the, the law was nailed to the cross. The Bible does not say that. But rather, in Colossians chapter 2, it says, Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. What are the handwritings of requirements? Does it mean the Ten Commandments? You know, if it did, Paul would have said the law. Now, some translators use the term 
handwriting of the decrees. This is a reference to the decree that announces a death sentence. It is the death penalty that is handed down that is nailed to the cross, not the law itself. Could anything be plainer? When a criminal is convicted by the judge, he is given the sentence of death. And when Christ died for us, he commuted our death sentence, and that decree was nullified. How clear this is when we understand that God's law is good for us. It's not bad. Now, some of you might say, well, it's impossible for me to keep the law perfectly. And of course, you would be right. God knows that we cannot keep the law by ourselves. And that's why he sent his perfect sinless son to this earth to live a perfect life and then die on the cross. His sinless death reconciles us to God, but it is his life that saves us. Listen carefully to Romans chapter 5, verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. It is Jesus Christ living his life in us that saves us. The precious gift of his life paid the penalty for our sins. The continuing power of Jesus Christ saving life is what saves us, not his death. We are not saved by works, but by grace. But did he expect us to go back to sin? Well, the Apostle Paul asked the same question. In Romans 6 verse 1, it tells us, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Be sure to ask for your free copy of the Ten Commandments booklet. This is our most comprehensive and informative booklet, and we believe it will help you face the uncertainty of the future. Write down the number on your screen or our website, tomorrowsworld.org. You can also write to our office nearest to you, and we will arrange for you to receive your free copy of The Ten Commandments. Please allow some time for delivery, especially in areas outside of the United States. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, please visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write to us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Long-time viewers of Tomorrow's World will recall that Dr. Roderick Meredith's all-time favorite scripture is to be found in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Let us hear it as it is written in the King James Version or the Authorized Version. Notice it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, 
And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Would the resurrected Son of God, seated at the right hand of God, want us to reject and despise his holy law? Think about it. Of course not. He instead would echo and support the words of the Apostle James when he wrote in James chapter 1 and in verse 25, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. He calls it the perfect law of liberty, not the imperfect law of bondage and slavery. Do you know what enslaves us? It is sin that enslaves us. And what is the definition of sin? Just a few pages over, we read in 1 John chapter 3 and in verse 4, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. Could anything be more opposite to what so many people hear on many a Sunday? Sin is lawlessness. It's the breaking of these laws that were designed by the Creator God to protect you and your family. By studying and meditating on these laws and then applying them in your life, you will reap countless benefits, including peace of mind and a purpose for living. More than 3,000 years ago, God brought His nation Israel out of Egypt. At the foot of Mount Sinai, He spoke to them and gave them His holy law. And then He said to them in Deuteronomy chapter 4, Deuteronomy chapter 4 and in verse 40, You shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go well with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord your God is giving you for all time. We then read these commandments once again in chapter 5. And then in verse 27 of chapter 5, Israel said to God, We will hear and do it. God knew that they did not have the Spirit of God dwelling in them. And so he said in verse 29, Oh, that they had such a heart in them, that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Under the new covenant in Jesus Christ, he has promised that he will live his life in us if we surrender our will to him. As he does so, we are enabled to live not just by the letter, but by the spirit of the law. Once again, call us and request your copy of the Ten Commandments. You will find that this free booklet will explain and expound on the deeper meaning behind God's holy law. You'll be amazed at how many areas of your life can be enhanced and improved by applying these laws. And be sure to join us once again at the same time next week when you will hear even more good news about tomorrow's world. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, please visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write to us at the address shown. To view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online 
at www.tomorrowsworld.org. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.